0: I'm Johnny McKean, former host of Old Ute Radio. You are listening to the new and improved version of Old Ute Radio. Hi, I'm Wesley Ruff, ABC4 Sports Director. You're
1: listening to KU Radio. Go Utes!
2: Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ear and listen to Old Ute Radio.
1: live every Tuesday night from 6 to 9 p.m. or catch it after on demand at kuradio.org. And it hurts so good.
0: Hello.
3: Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Sasha. Hello, listeners. Hey, guys. I'm so excited.
0: For the best show of all
1: time.
3: (laughs) That's one way to put it. (laughs) For any of you that were listening in before the 6 o'clock hour, we had Joey Diaz in.
0: Yes, we did. Surprise. (laughs)
3: Uh, He uh, thought we were only we were two hours ahead of los angeles california and not one hour ahead so we have the interview he did about fifteen eighteen minutes he's got a rehearsal he's got to go do tonight or something of that nature uh... so what we'll do is we'll open the show uh... got a bunch of see it doesn't work <laughs> It doesn't work <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so we had no time to get
0: it was r- very <laughs> <kick>. <laughs>
3: I am so happy I was in studio because he called me at 5.30 and he goes, hello, beautiful. I'm ready to rock and roll or whatever he said. And you I was like, beautiful. oh, we're supposed to be on at 6.30. Do you mind if I call you back at 6.30? And then he was like, no, I got rehearsal or something like that. Let's do it now. And I said, well, uh, let me turn on the recorder and I'll call you f- right back. <laughs> but that's seven minutes of our interview. Yeah. Right. And you weren't here yet.
0: I uh, hustled in at about quarter to six.
3: <laughs> I didn't get to read his bio.
0: Well, we can do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. This Friday and Saturday, June 6th, 7th, go to Wise Guys West Valley. There's two shows for both nights, seven thirty, nine thirty. I encourage you to go to him. He's one of the best storytellers I've ever heard. He's on the Joe Rogan podcast all the time. So here it is. Sometimes it takes a huge movie role or a part in a popular television series to put a stand-up comedian on the radar. With Joey Coco Diaz, it was a number one comedy album on iTunes and Billboard that did the trick. Joey has done films and television, but it was his storytelling on the number one podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience, that really got the word out about one of the best and funniest comedians working today. And it's either you or the priest that proves it. Joey started his comedy career in Denver after serving a short stint at a correctional facility where he realized that he could actually make people laugh. After his release, Joey gave it a try in a real comedy club, and that was it. His R-rated outlook on life will get you howling in your seats, but that's what a good comedian is supposed to do. What makes Joey special is that his presence and his ability to tell a story in such a manner that regardless of the subject matter, you're still laughing. Whether it's lighting a hooker's wig on fire or attacking a nun in the fifth grade, you'll be cheering for him. <laughs> you know what? I like that. Uh, let me finish this real quick. Joey is also hard hitting. Is also hitting big strides in Hollywood as a character actor. You'll see him in reoccurring roles on ABC's General Hospital, also on episodes of Children's Hospital, The Mentalist, and Super Ninjas. The big screen is no stranger either. He'll be seen in the movie The Dog That Saved Halloween, The Beach Shark Attack. Other films he's appeared in were Spider-Man 2, Taxi, Analyze That. But the film Joey Stole Your Heart In was the remake of The Longest Yard. He's also taken his raw style of comedy on television with the Secret Stash episode of Gabriel Iglesias, Stand-Up Revolution, and Comedy Central and Headline Showtimes. This guy's just really famous. (laughs) <laughs> this just so let me read one more paragraph <laughs> Podcasts are the future And Joey is a regular cast member On the number one comedy show on iTunes The Joe Rogan Experience He also has his own podcast Which he co-hosts with Felicia Michaels Called Beauty and the Beast Which has also been in the top ten on iTunes Whoever wrote this Is a great writer I didn't stumble because of commas Of word choice Or poor grammar.
0: Poor flow.
3: I like it. So whoever wrote that, muzzle muzzle. (laughs) (laughs) So Johnny did a bunch of work on uh, Reddit, you know, pumping this thing up. Yeah. We didn't get to ask him questions because it was uh, very short. But Funny Matt on Reddit, that's his Reddit name, Joey's a great guy. You should have a good time. Ask him about selling dope to Whitney Houston. That's always a good story. (laughs) I don't think I would have asked him that. Uh, no. Uh, one, Whitney Houston's dead. And in a broadcast world or paradigm, you can really get in a lot of trouble for that. You can get fired for inaccuracy. You can get sued by her estate. So I would not have asked that. But <laughs> good question. In a, in a, in a society that uh, likes to have fun and joke, it's a great <laughs> question. Lady with a stash. What was the very first time on stage like? We got that one. So good work to me and you, Becca. (laughs) Jimbo Fett. I guess that's a Reddit name. (laughs) What was the most blasted time he remembers going on stage? I would not have asked that question (laughs) because...
0: Reddit loves drugs.
3: I don't think it's... uh, It's not necessary. Yeah. I think that's something that you can find in his comedy or on his podcast. But here...
0: I feel like it's uh, like when you're having a real like journalism discussion, like you're really asking him about himself and his life and his work. I feel like it's an insult to just be like, how high were you that one time (laughs) (laughs) and that other time the dope? (laughs) Like, I feel like it's just not professional.
3: Is it a good question?
0: I mean, it's funny. And like, I'd probably want to ask him like in my own time. (laughs) But. I could see why. Because one it of the, the things, cut.
3: one of the things I'm thinking when I'm reading over these questions is, what happens if he's not interested in talking about that and then he boom hangs up? Yeah. Because you can lose somebody that quick. Yeah. Like, because he knows he's at a Pack twelve university. He didn't cuss once.
0: Yeah, that he, was. I was. He
3: really didn't glad. come close <laughs> because. And we never, Johnny never, as far as I know, sent an email saying, don't cuss. I didn't cuss. I actually got it cleared by our station manager to not censor him. I said, look, I'm not going to ask this man who stands up for censorship to censor him. Yeah. He goes, no problem, Sasha. Do what you want. We trust you. So, you know, <laughs> hostile bo- jingle. That's a weird name, whoever that is.
0: I'm sure there are so many names taken on Reddit. You have to get real
3: creative. What is Reddit?
0: Weird? I don't know. It's like a big forum-based comment thread, essentially.
3: It makes people famous. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. And
0: celebrities use it. They'll do, like, uh, Q&As. You know, on the whole, I feel like Reddit can be kind of cool, and you can, like actually stumble onto some cool like ideas some cool projects but it has an overwhelming number of just like sides of it that are extremely i would say offensive and a step backward <laughs> <laughs> and i don't spend much time on it for that reason
3: so we have anyways hostile boj not anyways i apologize no, yeah. hostile bojango says ask him about besting alex jones Context. Watch it. It's hilarious. And they gave me a link. Uh, do you know who Alex Jones is? He's geez. He's a, he's a podcaster. He's a radio host. He's probably in over 112 affiliates throughout the country. He's uh, the leading cons- conspiracy theorist. You know everything's black flag warnings and uh, you know the government hates you and they're responsible for 9/11 and. You know, uh, he's got some interesting stuff on his website. I I think it's infowars.com. But Hostile Bojangle, you sent us to YouTube to listen to the Joe Rogan experience uh, titled Goodfellas Style. I can't play that at KU Internet Radio because (laughs) we do not have the copyright. And for me to play that on our show is essentially illegal.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, Now, if you're in a podcast world, you can do whatever you want. And I'm sure... Had I asked Joey Diaz if I could play it, but see, he can't give that to me. It's Joe Rogan's uh, yeah. production team that yeah we, and then we'd have to go through legal here. So, but good question. Uh, I, I encourage anyone to go watch it. As I said, it uh, the hook line is a uh, Joe Rogan experience, good Goodfellas style. Thank you for that question. I bet it's funny. Air veto. Ask him if he will use my song for his stage entrance here and there. Chuck Marlborough featuring Joey Diaz getting paid like. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to this now. Should we give it a chance to play it? Just because, you know, if Joey goes back and listens and he can listen to this. If it is completely vulgar, it is off. So we'll give it a shot. I'm listening to this blind
0: here
3: we go. So I don't think that, that what is Yeah, turn that down just a bit. Um for stage entrance here and there, see most Comic clubs don't do stage music. It's not like a fight. I've been to tons of comedy shows. I've never seen them come out to music. But I could see Joey Diaz uh, big pimping onto stage to this beat. It's a solid beat. It's a good hook. Right? <laughs> There's no language. I could easily see it. So, Erovito? Can we make an intro out of this, Erovito? I could tune this up a bit, I could pop the bass a little bit. Do it. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do a yes. KU promo for you. Or veto if you want. Hit me up on Air Twitter. Vito. you got to follow me on Twitter, though. <laughs> at Mr. Underscore Bloom or OU Radio. Huh. Willis O3. You could ask him about his this is not happy... S- okay, Willis, Willis. If you're going to write questions... <laughs> let's try to help this guy. You could ask him about his this is not happening story if you haven't heard it it was really funny bit I suggest
0: Sometimes 7 year olds use it.
3: I suggest you enroll in a community college sir take a couple English classes just oh. like one even just remember everything you write is a representation of yourself and it makes you look poor but thanks for listening we appreciate you um, And that's about it Johnny's walking in the Gay Pride Parade Sunday With ABC That's beautiful Johnny I support that um, idea We have the LGBT Resource Center Coming in on Thursday at 6.30 And we're getting pretty, This is a good beat Right? It's simple But you could spit some freestyles
0: It's like smooth I could really hear it. I like wish that.
3: I could rap, because I have the greatest rapper's name that we came <laughs> up with. What is it? DJ Handcuff. DJ Handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Back up, shoot. <laughs> uh, You'll have to go back into our catalog. It had something to do with uh, some rapper named uh, 2 Chains. <laughs> like, that's a <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> what happened to MC? Yeah, it doesn't Yeah, I I guess, like I said, comedy, you're not going to get anyone, uh, you know, playing music for you. They're they're not there to do uh, music. They're there to make you laugh. Yeah. Hmm. But very good. Very good. (laughs) So if you go to YouTube, go to Chuck Marlborough featuring Joey Diaz getting paid like a doctor. It's got 1,500 hits, 14 likes. Chuck Marlboro is a weird name. Why would you want to use a cigarette company as your title? <laughs> Most people in this hipsterized world hate cigarettes. This is true. <laughs> Except
0: for they smoke them all the time. They're like, I hate cigarettes, I hate but I cigarettes. love a good prime time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay. And those are like the worst things I'm g- I'm in the good world. With black and mild.
3: <laughs> black and mild.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. People are like like that.
3: I thought cigars were for blunts.
0: Uh, They're for hipsters, too, at 7 What do they do with them? S- smoke them.
3: And the girls want to kiss these boys after they're mm. smoking a cigar?
0: Uh, I presume.
3: <laughs> but
0: maybe that's too mainstream. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's too tough. <laughs> it's
0: like they don't kiss anymore because it's cool.
3: <laughs> they
0: stay away from it.
3: <laughs> oh boy! So you told me you had a story here. Uh,
0: I have a bunch, actually. The news was weird today. The news is crazy. I just on KSL today. Mhm. I want to read one story.
3: Is that where you go for your news?
0: Um, I kind of go a lot of places, but I always I check KSL at work. Uh uh-huh. I check KSL, and then I'll check like kind of all over. I just look up stories, and then I'll look up the same story and see the other. Uh, journals that have written about it uh-huh. But there was a story today That is so crazy So did you ever You know that whole Slenderman thing On the internet No Okay type in Slenderman to Google And just like go to images or something Okay. I have no idea what it is Other than it's like a game this online game that has kind of sparked like all kinds of offshoot stories and memes and people go to this site and post like horror stories and mysteries and basically just like ghost stories.
3: Slender Man.
0: Slender Man, all one word.
3: Okay. He's like
0: a faceless guy who like really like absurdly tall and skinny. He's sp- he's like a he's a fictional character, but they like play him like he's real. And it's like, it was like kind of a craze for a while. People wanted to play the Slender Man game because it was so scary. You had to like navigate Ooh, a forest yeah. or something. Okay. But something happened in Milwaukee. Two 12 year old girls. Let me just read part of it. That's like really this
3: sounds awesome. awful. <laughs>
0: while Kesha County, I don't know how to say it, prosecutors have charged two 12 year old girls in adult court with stabbing a friend the same age nearly to death in the woods. The girls told detectives they conspired for months, since they were 11, to kill the other girl in hopes of pleasing Slenderman, a boogeyman character they read about online. According to court documents, the girls invited the victim to a sleepover Friday. They planned to stab her while she slept to become Slenderman's proxies, Uh, Cotton's client told investigators. Like a real stabbing? Yeah, they planned to run off to Slenderman's forest mansion after the victim was dead. They decided to kill her on Saturday instead. They went into the woods, where one girl pushed the victim down and sat on her. The girls then traded the knife back and forth between them, before one of them finally tackled the victim again and began stabbing her. Then they left the victim lying in the woods. She then crawled to a road where a bicyclist bound.
3: So her. explain this murder to me. Um, the who, what, when, where, why, if you could. Because I don't understand this game. I don't understand what they're trying to well, participate neither do
0: I. in. Because... I've never anywhere that I've read about like the Slender Man craze, just like this fictional scary character. Yes. I've never like read like some like folktale where you're supposed to kill someone so that you can become proxies or that you should run away to his creepy mansion. Like I've never heard any of this. Two 12 year old girls in Milwaukee decided they needed to kill their friend to please him. And then they were going to like run away from home into the woods and I'm not sure if, like, in the actual tale that, like, the woods in Wisconsin are supposed to be where it's from. I don't know that much of the story. But I do know that he's supposed to, like, lurk and live in the woods somewhere. So that was their whole plan. And they invited her to a sleepover, I guess, at one of their houses. And they had planned to, like, suffocate her and stab her in the neck and then cover up, like, her body and leave it there. But then they decided to do it in the woods the next day. Why? Why? I don't know. It's like the craziest, creepiest thing. And listen to this. One of the girls said, I'm going to paraphrase. I'm pretty close to what she actually said. She said, the good part of me didn't want to kill her. The bad part of me wanted her to die. A 12-year-old. Two of them. How creepy. And these are girls. Yeah, girls.
3: That's the weird part. Yeah,
0: because you don't normally, I mean, obviously there are things.
3: Well, they, they didn't, they couldn't cut their hair or, or paint their nails or go out <laughs> and ride scooters or bikes. They, they had
0: to stab their friend. <laughs> and I guess. And she died. Uh, I don't think she actually.
3: Because uh, I used the word murder there and I wanted to make sure that I'm not being a jerk. I don't
0: think she died because it's not. Um, she was murdered because it doesn't say anywhere. And I think they're being tried with like attempted something. or mm-hmm. But the girl crawled out and some like a. Someone riding a bicycle on the road found her and uh, I assume got her to some medical help. One of the things that I've been reading a lot in like the comment boards for mm-hmm. some of these articles is, and I don't, jeez, I wish I knew better. They said that they might be charging them as adults, as 12 year olds. And so a lot of people are like, well, obviously this was pretty cold and calculated. The girls said they thought and planned it for months. Like. They were just on the first half of 12, but since they were 11, they'd been planning how they would do it. They thought about the sleepover. They invited her. They decided to take her to the park. Like it was something they had really planned. And so the people in the comments, some people think, you know, well, that was they should be tried as adults. And other people are saying if you're going to just throw that out whenever it's something serious and charge children, you know, as adults, what's the point of even having that? Like, Rule. what do you think?
3: Is, I got something interesting. Where's my phone over there? Did you see it? No. no. It's in my pocket. What did
0: I just see? It's in you? my pocket. Come on, Sasha.
3: <laughs> I used to uh, know a drug dealer. No, he wasn't my drug dealer, but we were at a party. And I go, hey, man, what's up? Uh, yada, you yada. You and I go, what's your name? And he goes, Pockets. My name's Pockets. And I go, <laughs> why do they call you Pockets? And he goes, Cause I got everyone's pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is a very interesting thing. Uh, Here's sh- on the show here pretty soon. Uh, I'm scrolling through my text, but there was a kid. There's a kid uh, in Salt Lake City that's in prison right now. He's 16 years old. Oh, I've read this. And he's facing one to 15 years, and all his friends got minor jail uh-huh. time. But what he did is he brought a gun. To the home invasion and he didn't pull the gun on the people but one of his co-defendants Did. Uh, pointed the empty gun to one of the but people both it. and uh, put it to the back of their head. We have his father coming in on OU Radio. Do we? Yeah. Because
0: I was reading about that and I was reading a lot of like how that happened, how they like were misguided by their attorney and they pled guilty and it turned out like backfiring on, I don't know. The whole case was kind of crazy. What so I think?
3: I think we're going to have him in the second week of June. Uh, we'll have him in for a good hour and a, hour and a half. His, his father is named Mark Van Okay. It's a tremendously tough thing to deal with. you got a 16-year-old kid yeah. in prison with grown men, you know, murderers, uh, yeah. rapists, uh, gangbangers. And when you don't have an adult body, you're probably in protective custody, which means you're in 23 hour confinement with an hour uh to be able to be in a closed cage psychologically this is a very dangerous thing for a young boy uh you know we will ask the question they broke into a family's home and put a gun to their heads and i don't know if they robbed them i I don't want to say on that you know that's a violent crime that's a capital crime well it's not a capital offense uh, that's because no one died but it's a it's tremendous it's gonna be a tremendous interview it's gonna be a tough one
0: see that's something I don't and I've been when I started reading this and I mean I've the if you think about like how many news articles you've read in the last year even about different minors and the things like crimes they've committed and so many of them being tried as adults and it's like kind of a fine line to know like when that's the right thing to do I guess but I am like reading about like 12 year olds and the, and like the many, many people who, um, who think that, so like a lot of people argue that they deserve a harsher punishment than, um, just confinement until age 25. A lot of people think these 12 year olds should be charged as adults. I'm on the side where, I mean, yes, clearly a very violent thing to do for both of them And they definitely need to be punished and helped. But I don't see how it could be right to try them as adults when they're that young.
3: So the only thing I've, I wouldn't even call studied, but I read the article in the Tribune a week ago or however many days ago. I haven't seen the court tapes. I will watch those before he comes in so that I understand what's going on. But I think the judge is saying, hey, because... Burglary is one thing especially as a 16 17 year old. Yeah, you know I don't know if they were looking for drugs or they were trying to w- rip off a weed dealer or what I don't it was, what was going on. But once you bring a gun and you put a human being on the ground with a gun to their back of the head and say I'm gonna kill you That image never goes away that human being is never gonna feel safe in this home in America We have the right to Liberty. Yeah happiness and the purse and the pursuit of property, you know, yeah. and he violated one of the most uh, sacred things you can do, which is breaking into a human's home yeah. residence. Had those guys been armed, he could have been shot dead in the head. And the the person that in that shot him would not have gone to jail. Yeah. It's a horrible situation.
0: And the same with this. I mean, they talk about how the victim who didn't die. I just found it. But got s- she got stabbed 19 times. Oh, we was going back to that one now. Oh, I mean both with minors okay. being charged as adults. I.
3: See, I think 19 times you got to be charged at, but she's 12.
0: But that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like that's crazy. And like, that's a huge, huge crime. But then it's like, how do you charge kids? Like, w- as adults, like why? I All mean, right.
3: so we need to we really do need to get a psychologist in here, Corey Hammond, yeah. because I have an 11 year old son who's six months younger than these girls.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's how old they were when he started. They started If I see it.
3: him pouting or being extra lazy, whether it's me or his mother or one of the various grandparents, we're on his butt. What's yeah. going on? Oh, nothing. No, there's not nothing. You tell me. If not, we'll go to your teachers, we'll go to your principals, we'll figure this out because you don't have a right to make decisions. He doesn't have that right. Those girls didn't have the right to make any violent decisions. This 16-year-old boy didn't have the right to home evade. And to home evade or to stab someone, there were preliminary signs or warnings. And this will be a great thing to talk about his father with. What did you miss? Yeah. Was he in therapy? How were his grades? Um, You know his behavior? You know, because uh, in the story they said, you know, the kid wasn't a thug, but was he representing himself as a thug with his friends? Because that's a popular thing to do as a young boy is, you know, to pretend that you're set tripping and that you're swinging a nine inch. Those are important for kids. Creating that image, act as if I'm Superman. It's a tough one. And then you got to look at the judge's side. You know, I... We have to correct this behaviorism. Does a 15-year prison sentence for home invasion detour future copycat uh, crimes? Because, let's face it, in America, we're nearing an epidemic of youth violence and mass shootings and and, uh, robberies. And, you know, the the meth rates and heroin rates of young white kids predominantly is uh, concerning, It's almost at an, I wouldn't say epidemic proportion, but it's to a point where we need to really start parenting in this country. Yeah. And we don't want our judges parenting because they have no mercy. Yeah. Most of the time.
0: And that's like, how are these? I mean, I feel like that no one even noticed that they were spending so much time looking at something that is clearly a little dark and a little, um, I would say, adult for a 12- and 11-year-old? I mean, they must have been, like, into this for long enough at ages, what, 10 and 11 to be planning for months to stab and kill their friend. Where were the – you know what I mean? Like, where was the watching eye?
3: I mean, if you go back and listen to when we had uh, Jay Whitaker in and we were talking about comics for an 11-year-old and we had a very minor discussion, what – Can I buy my son or let him buy with his allowance that won't open up a Pandora's box of wonderment? I just got a new phone, and I talked to my son's mother. Uh, Should we give him my old iPhone? The consensus was no, because we don't want him having unrestricted access to To the the Internet, internet, regardless of its privacy, because guess what? The kid's already coding computers. He's going to figure out how to void of privacy i was at 12 years old boy was i rambunctious and (laughs) breaking every code on the computer and so it's it's a brutal world it's a sad world sometimes and i don't understand that you know but then it's like do you look at media what impact does media have and then you have to worry about the things like joey diaz do we start censoring a joey diaz it opens up all these things if you start restricting
0: yeah such a
3: st- it's one of the hardest things this country has ever had to deal with is freedom of expression, freedom of yeah. press, freedom of religion. And it's the reason why it's the First Amendment. The ver- It's the most important central thing in our country, and the world, for that matter. Because if you go to the Middle East, if you go to China and Russia, you n- you're not getting those opportunities to express yourself. It's a catch-22. It's a us catch-22 is what it yeah. is. Yeah, It's
0: just... Ah, uh, I cannot imagine being a parent. Like the closer I get to an age where like I might start considering that, the more fear. <laughs> well, especially when you have seven of
3: them, sweetheart. Body. <laughs> especially when you have seven of them. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's
0: just crazy. I don't know. I always used to think it was kind of like a. You remember when that whole like make family dinners important campaign kind of took over when I was like. Barely a teenager I think yes. Maybe like my middle teen years And I thought it was such like a load Like eating dinner together is not going to help guys You know But the the more like <laughs> The older I get the more I think about it I feel like that really Like just talking to your kids Like I don't see how you could miss that something like with these girls like that something was wrong or something was a little bit off if you spend enough time like looking in their eyes and talking to them every day and really asking like what they do what are they up to who are their friends what do they do with their friends you know
3: yes unfortunately i don't get to have my i don't live in the same roof with my son seven days a week yeah and that's very difficult i think for both of us i can only speak for myself i go out of the way on the two or three days a week i have him to make him fantastic dinners. I'll bet. You know, uh, I am a good cook, and I enjoy it, but I teach him how to cook. And he, my son's an avid reader, and he would much rather read a book or a magazine and eat his dinner than talk to me. Yeah, but that I was the same way. I don't let him do it. No, we're sitting down. We don't have to talk about life, but we're going to talk. We're going to joke. We're going to communicate, because it makes him socially a better person it makes him less awkward it makes him start to learn how to communicate with people and you know i don't let him burp at the table (laughs) i i make him learn how to use a knife and a fork and how to hold a fork how to chew because you know this my kid will eat a sandwich in a minute like two minutes three bites boom gone and he's done and so what back in his. but (laughs) if he does that the rest of his life he's going to have stomach issues he's going to have digestion issues so you have to teach these little kids how to do how to be good basics. proper healthy humans.
0: I was the same way as a kid and I used to get furious with my parents because I just wanted to read. When I got into Harry Potter, I read like all day every day. I would read at dinner or I'd try to. I would read like when we'd go out to the lake as a family in South Dakota and my I remember one time my parents like made me put the book down when we went to the lake. Like, wouldn't let me read. And I remember being like, the injustice. Like, uh, I'm reading. What, how much worse could I be, you know? I'm, I'm learning. I'm enjoying a good book. And I, like, could not for the life of me understand why it would not be okay for me to just read at dinner and read when we're out at the park, you know?
3: Yes. But I'd, I see it. <laughs> that brings up another great point about kind of what we've been talking about the last 15 minutes is the Harry Potter books. It was one of the greatest things for young children was all these kids started reading again by the millions, by the tens of millions. And then you get all these conservative groups. They can't be reading this content. It's destructive for their minds, for their souls. They're going to be taken by the devil. But then the rationalist goes, but they're reading.
0: Yeah. Right. I never, and I never understood. I like had never gotten a glimpse of people trying to censor like books. And, and I mean, it might be a little different, but when I was in fourth grade, I had like this best friend and i had a sleepover at her house for like the first time. And I was like I, that Christmas, I'd gotten nothing but Harry Potter stuff and I was obsessed. And so I was talking about like the second Harry or the first Harry Potter movie was coming out, you know, and I didn't really understand religions at the time, although I like kind of had one, but she was a Jehovah's Witness. And her mom went off on me about the dangers of Harry Potter, how I shouldn't read it, how it was the devil's works, how she wouldn't allow talk of it in the house. She basically, I made her daughter stop uh, like hanging out with me because I was a bad influence. And I was like, wait, what? I had no idea, you know, as a kid about like censorship and and restriction of like literature and things.
3: I can see it. But it's something I would never do. Yeah. I I used to always make fun of my sister about reading that book. Harry Potter?
0: Yeah. I haven't read them in so long.
3: My mom even read them all. You know, know? because my sister was like 13. I I think my sister's like maybe two years older than you. So my mom was reading not only so that she could make sure the stuff was okay, but so she could have a common bonding moment with her daughter. Smart. It's good parenting.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, I I think the thing I liked about J.K. Rowling and those books is that like I was a big reader, like so, so nerdy, so big into reading. Like you asked my mom and she would be like, I wish she would stop for one day of her child life. The thing I liked about her books is that there weren't a whole lot of there weren't a whole lot of books that were like on the table for kids like that teachers weren't there weren't a whole lot of books where they would handle like young adult but almost like children's topics like they would they would give it to you in a way that would entertain a kid but like J.K. Rowling like really wrote like an adult I feel like I learned so much from reading those seven books about how to write and how to like use commas well and switch up my vocab once in a while and all kinds of new words I loved it
3: Beautiful. Oh, I love. Books. So let's go to break. We'll play a song or two, and then what you'll hear next is the Joey Diaz interview. Yes. And we will see you on Thursday with the Great LGBT Resource Center. Remember to go see Joey Diaz at Wise Guys West Valley, sixth and seventh, which is a Friday and Saturday, two shows both nights, 7:30 and 9:30, and we'll sell them out because he I'm deserves excited. it. Yes. So we appreciate all of you. Sorry about scheduling. scheduling. It's not our fault. It's not Johnny's fault. Johnny's doing phenomenal work. We're very proud to have him. We're very proud to broadcast for you. So thank you, University of Utah and everyone worldwide. Thanks for listening to KU Internet Radio, providing you the sounds of student life. If there's something you want to hear, feel free to call in at 801-585-3449. You can also hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash K Radio or on Twitter at K underscore UTE. Becca, I met the most beautiful girl in the world today on campus. I so want to ask her out, but I'm flat broke. Can you loan me some money, please?
1: Sasha, I could, but I'd rather see you mature and grow up. Save your money so that when you need it, you have it.
3: Who's gonna help me achieve that goal?
1: The Personal Money Management Center at the University of Utah. At the Personal Money Management Center, they'll show you how to create a personalized budget, help you plan tuition and student loan payments, and even evaluate potential job offers.
3: It's so tough being responsible. I think I'll give Personal Money Management Center a call. What's their number? 801-585-7379.
1: If that's too hard, you can even check out their website at personal-money-management.utah.edu for more details. Financial freedom and a hot date are only a click away. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah, I've got one. My one reason for donating plasma? To make sure that patients like my son have long, healthy lives. My reason? To help my family.
3: It's something I can do to show I care about my community.
1: There are millions of reasons to donate plasma. You only need one. Donate today by visiting Biomat, Plasma Care, or Talacris Plasma Resources, one of our Griffles companies.
3: New donors can earn up to $360 this month, 630 West North Temple and 38 East 800 South, Salt Lake City. Thursday, June 5th, at the Infinity Event Center in Salt Lake City. YG. Y-G. Presents the My Crazy Life Tour featuring Utah's own Zigga and Bentley. KU Radio wants to hook you up with two tickets to the concert. Just listen in on Wednesday, June 4th at noon for your chance to win from KU Internet Radio. I I
1: Your summer just got a whole lot better. Ute Radio is now streaming live two nights a week on KUtRadio.org. Listen every Tuesday and Thursday night from 6 to 9 p.m. Or catch the podcast on demand. Yes! Hey, you listen listening to Ute Radio. God bless. Hey, this is Jay Whitaker of the Geek Show podcast. You are now listening to Old Ute Radio.
3: Tune in now because it's about to go bang. <laughs> have a very special guest I guess he's not in studio he's over the airwaves mr. Joey Diaz how are you sir
2: good sir how are you my friend thank you for having
3: me oh it's our deep pleasure we're very excited to have you in I hear you're coming to wise guys West Valley uh, this Friday and Saturday June 6th and seventh two shows 730 and 930 both Friday and Saturday
2: you know how we do it myself and Duncan boom boom trust <laughs>
3: You're a very funny man. You're a very hard worker. Tell me about how... Yes,
2: I am. I try.
3: <laughs> tell me how you got into comedy. What? Why did you think your voice needed to be heard?
2: I thought that was the only thing I could do, to be honest with you. I just it fit my lifestyle. I wanted to be out at night. I didn't want a day job. People always said I was funny, you know. Uh-huh. And I wanted just to give it a shot. I graduated college. I got in trouble. I had to tell myself. I wanted to get my degree in uh, finance and I knew I could never get licensed, so I had an uphill battle. Uh, I had the opportunity and all, all the stars aligned and I gave it a shot. And I stuck with it. I started in Boulder. What? And then I, uh, God, I'm
3: sorry. No, sir. One of the things we like to do here at OU Radio, since we're at the University of Utah, is we try to get people on to teach us about... A work ethic and never to give up and it seems like getting felonies uh going through hard times with the legal system a lot of people rightly or wrongly give up on their lives and their dreams how did you not do that
2: it just the alternative you know sometimes it's it's not what you want to do it's what you don't want to do it's what you don't want to be you know you say to yourself you know why i want to be this kind of guy but i definitely don't want to be that guy And, uh, you know, I could sit here and tell you it's rough, but it's really not. You have a dream, you know. I was listening to Chris Cornell on uh, Mark Mann's radio on his podcast today. He was talking about, you remember washing dishes and and knowing that you're gonna do something. That's the difference. There's two ways to wash dishes. In 83, I washed dishes at John Denver's restaurant. I worked on Tuesday nights, and I I would work on prime rib night. I had no direction. Uh, I did coke, I was... I worked for an electrician. I took classes at night, but it really didn't matter. I didn't think I would amount to anything, you know. I washed dishes again in '94, but I had a dream. I had a dream that I would do comedy, and I fought myself to sleep every night because I was frustrated. You, you get very frustrated in the beginning. You know, you want to move up. You want to... You... You know, you, when you first start comedy, you think you get on stage and they give you an HBO special. Yeah. You have no idea the work that needs to put in. <clears throat> and then you realize you're funny. <laughs> and that's a complete different animal, you know?
3: What is your um, writing process like? Take me through, you know, how, how do you create an hour? We have tons of comics that, you know, come into our studio, and they teach us about the writing process. Do you have tips for the young comics?
2: Uh, I'm going to tell you okay, something. The first 10 years of comedy for me, it was whatever I thought of on the way into the comedy show. I could lie to you and tell you I had a notebook, but you could tell them the difference of career. When I started getting a notebook, and I started writing stories and telling stories, and it basically happened five years ago when the podcast was played, because I found out I could tell a story, you know? So uh, I basically go up st- on stage and I, and I tell stories, but I machine gun in the middle to real fast jokes, you know, just to get people going, you know? So it's a, a style I like. You know, it's, uh, it's like a Rodney Dangerfield. meets a storyteller.
3: <laughs> you sure are. Uh, You're fantastic on the Joe Rogan experience.
2: Yeah, we try. You know, uh, you go on there and see podcasting. Yeah, I wanted it to be for me. It meant it was a little different than radio. There'd be no censorship. And I had to do something else. So I decided to tell stories and to be myself. And uh, you know what? There's so many fake things going on now that sometimes... Some people go, you know, that's a breath of fresh air. So that's what I, I think happened. I'm not sure, but that's what I think happened. It all started aligned. line. Uh, I started writing. I started performing more. And uh, we have this thing going on now that's just tremendous. You know, a couple of podcasts, and uh, everybody has a different style of podcasting. And, uh, it's just great what's happened.
3: One of the things that I'm impressed by you is your willingness to fight the idea of censorship. Does that come from you being from Cuba and growing up in communism?
2: No, I just don't like. Uh, it, it's just something I learned in my house. Something my mom told me that. I just there's some things that we have to abide by, but there's some things where I don't understand why. You know, you just don't understand why. And you're not going to buy with them. When I first started doing comedy, I started off as a clean comic with a suit on the stage. It didn't work for them. It didn't work for me. You know. As somebody to said, when you walk in a room, it turns hard rate whether you want it to or not. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm not one that's going to wrap the American flag around myself and put it on fire for censorship. I'm not that crazy. I just know what works for me. You're not going to put a silk hat on a pig. That's <laughs> not going to work. You know, that's never going to work for you.
3: Um, one of the things that I struggle with uh, here at Ku Internet Radio is being clean because. I love laughter. I love the uncomfortable joke. Uh, many of us, you know, we can't cuss here. And it, I enjoyed television when it was uncensored. You know, back in the late '60s, early '70s. I enjoy serious satellite radio. Is it difficult to be clean on, uh, in your act? You know, to work uh, without being. Yeah.
2: No, I'm dirty. I don't want to be clean. That's all. <laughs> I don't want to be clean whatsoever at all. I want to be able to say what the hell I want to say. I like that. I have no desire on being clean. If they call me for them, I have no desire of being clean. <laughs> if something comes out, you better have that beeper on. <laughs> you
3: know? A lot of comics have been getting in trouble. You know, The recent one is Joan Rivers. Uh, what do you think about the absurd amount of apologies that are going on uh, throughout the media these days?
2: You know, I think it's something that's uh very popular now, say something more colour. And then somebody criticizes it and you apologize and they see your reaction is, and they determine whether society thinks you're cool or not. It's just crazy shit comes out of my mouth on a current level, <laughs> nobody even pays attention. You know what I'm saying? Nobody even pays attention. They know better to pay attention. i have been very fortunate. I say some things that kill me at uh you know, on the podcast sometimes and I gotta say, them. that's what the word calls for at that time. If you push it, it's fake. There ain't no pushing here. This is all the real deal. So if you push it, it'll come across very fake. But if this is who you are, you're gonna be just fine. I
0: like a lot of, I like watching a lot of your bits and a lot of the stories that you tell. And I really like learning more about, you know, the art of storytelling and how it's kind of lost sometimes and kind of people don't put as much weight on it as, it's had in the past the art of storytelling is something that's really like been passed down and something that's been in our um societies and our you know forever did you always like to tell story? I mean you tell stories really well <laughs> have you always been someone who tells these really good stories like as a kid or is it something you kind of developed
2: I always told stories the way I grew up to comics when I knew you know yeah. They'd say where well, you're from and we tell a story and then they go, <laughs> Jesus Christ, you should talk about that on stage and I go, No way, because I'm a loser. There's no way people can deal with this shit. You know, I forget all these stories. And then they come back to me. I talk to a whole lot of friends from high school sometimes and they remind me and stuff. Uh, so it's uh and but the beauty of it. About three months ago I had my uncle on the podcast. Yeah and the next day when I was listening to it I realized he was a phenomenal storyteller <laughs> I didn't say nothing and about a week later I started getting the emails hey man now we see where you got it from. <laughs> so uh it probably came from them my mother's side of the family they're very funny okay very entertaining, and they' the Cuban and the Spanish is very funny so uh,
3: so you have yeah, yeah you have a new movie coming out
2: yeah I'm gonna be on uh, I'm going to be on Marin, July 24th, on Mark Marin on AFC.
3: Okay. Mark Marin's fantastic.
2: Right. You know we don't play games here, my brother. So I'll see you guys Friday and Saturday night uh, yes. at Wise Guys in West Valley, my brother. i got to take two steps to the ring and get out of here. i got to go in traffic now and fight these savages to get to this audition.
3: Well, you're the best. We'll see you at Wise Guy. I'm very excited to go out there and see you. We'll bring our fans, we'll bring our friends, and we'll sell out the house for you, bud. You're beautiful, baby. Thank you for your time, Thank guys. You. I love you guys. and Yes, sir. Take care. And that was the great Joey Diaz.
0: He's got such a good voice.
3: <laughs> he has a great voice.
0: Seriously, just listening to it. <laughs> it's like clear and raspy at the same time.
3: Yes. Um, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to get him in studio because the phone reception thing is difficult here at KU. Uh, but the good news is in July, we're getting a whole new studio july yes
0: see i knew it was happening i just didn't know when but i'm excited
3: yes so you missed he he was on for about 15 minutes which he's got a he lives in la Uh and so about this time is rush hour and he's i I assume he's going to studio city or santa monica and he's got to go read a script for a movie to see if he gets in you know johnny booked this johnny's been doing fantastic uh with all Ute Radio, yeah, we really appreciate good his guests coming. support. Oh boy, do we have some guests coming! I'm
0: in. I'm excited. The summer's gonna be good.
3: Yes. Uh, obviously, we didn't have time for the Reddit listeners. Uh, I, they had a bunch of questions for us, but I think that we did a good interview. I got into a bit about uh, censorship. Him, you know, he ha- obviously, as he said to you, he hates censorship. Yeah. And uh, I asked if it was because he came from Cuba and grew up in communism rule. He said no. I imagine that deep down there's probably a big part of that. Americans are so lucky. They've never really had war, especially our generation. We've been in war forever, but we've never had it Here. in our country. And we've never, we, now a lot of conspiracists and stuff will tell you that we live in a dictatorial fascist regime. We certainly don't.
0: Yeah. I um, mean, it, people might think it's bad, but it could be a lot worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it could be stunningly so bad. much worse. Yes. At some point today, we'll play one of his bits because, yeah. uh, you know, we weren't expecting him to come in so soon. Like yeah. He called me at 530 and he was like, hey, baby, I'm ready to rock and roll. And I was like, wow, I'm so glad I was here in studio now." Seriously,
0: early. Well, and I usually, I mean, roll in like right now, but I was like already in my car leaving my house a little early because I was like, oh, there's a carnival. It's elementary school. There might be traffic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, le- I was... Oof. Good thing.
3: Yes. I'm uh, glad I
0: caught even a bit of him. I can't believe we even got to talk to him at all. So I'm happy.
3: Yes. So now we have to go to Wise Guys West Valley. We he'll be here Friday and Saturday doing two shows, both days, seven thirty and nine thirty. But we have to go, Becca, so we can get a selfie with the man.
0: Oh, duh. Okay, let's. We'll be like, listen, we're VIP. We've already
3: talked
0: to him this week. We really should.
3: We have to. I want to. In order to complete our selfie. Or else I'll
0: draw him in or like Photoshop him between (laughs) our faces, (laughs) like in comics, book style.
3: Well, see, the great thing about all the wise guys is they're a very personal setting. So most of the big comics will be selling something, yeah. whether it's books, CDs, posters, T-shirts. And they do uh, meet and greets and take pictures because yes. it's a nice intimate area. So I'm down. We ha- but I'm not getting a selfie with just Joey Ramirez. Like You have to come because it doesn't work. Like, we figured this out. Like When Chris was doing radio uh, with us and Andy was in, like, yeah. we took a selfie. I was like, I'm not posting a selfie of three grown-ass men. (laughs) Who took it? Well, Chris is tall and has long arms.
0: Did he stand in the middle, though?
3: I don't remember.
0: I'm telling you, it's more awkward to stand in the middle and do the (laughs) selfie. It's, like, kind of cooler if you can drop an arm and, like, be the one on the side taking it. I always look so chubby in the middle. I'm like, chubby.
3: That's so amusing that you call yourself chubby. Chubby, but also chubby. chubby. Also (laughs) that, because
0: you have to lift your arms up and, like, broaden your frame (laughs) listen it's girl stuff (laughs) girls think about this stuff
3: (laughs) oh man so how are you (laughs) you know what today and yesterday has been one of the most stressful days of my life so i got a real serious job offer from a local news company a very good job but i had to turn it down
0: why scheduling
3: yeah I, i couldn't couldn't get it to work with my job with the Pac-12. And but it uh, going to be weekends? Yeah. And my biggest concern was, you know, I walked away from them once. And so here I am asking for a job and turning Walking it away down. again. <laughs> and the concern was the fear. I mean, a real fear. I didn't sleep well last night was, uh, is this door closed? Is this window of opportunity closed for the rest of my life? and luckily enough that's not the case um the door is still always open they told me to keep in touch uh that they miss me and uh we'll find something down the road and so out of the blue i got a call today like literally 20 minutes before like my shaking hand was about to dial this company yeah from a big radio station and they said uh We'd like you to come in and uh, fill out an application and sit you down for an interview and hire you. What? Yeah. So it's good times for gumshoe bloom again. You're you're (laughs) happy again. Things are good. I'm relieved. (laughs) I didn't screw up the Joey Diaz interview. (laughs) I think the audio was a bit odd for a second there, but... I'll fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, we'll fix that for everyone who's not listening right now.
3: We have some exciting news, some sad news here at Ute Radio with KU Internet Radio. What? Chris Holyfield has left the show. Yes. Here's what I would like to say about Chris to Chris. I think he's a great man. I think he is building something amazing, the I Am Salt Lake podcast or I Am Salt Lake.com. What he's trying to do is innovative, it's unique, it's something that every city throughout the country should have, you know, and I am Pittsburgh, and I am San Francisco. The reason why Chris left, from the best of my understanding, is he's so damn busy. And, you know, he's got Crucial Fest coming up, he's got uh, uh, what's that concert series at Pioneer Park, he's got the Twilight (laughs) coming up, and doing a three-hour radio show on top of his podcast because his podcasting is non-stop because he doesn't have the luxury of studio time mm-hmm. he's gotta go out and get these interviews and you know he's a he's a working man he's a blue-collar man and it just there wasn't enough time for him but he's not replaced but we have Keith McDonald filling in his spot on Thursdays if you've never heard Keith he does you walk U Block Radio here at KU Internet Radio on Friday from two to five. He's a journalism student. He's a single father. He's uh from the dirty south side of Chicago, uh, where they're having minor holocausts, and you know just so he comes from some of the most brutal neighborhoods you've ever imagined. And he's funny. He's brilliant. He's he's one of my best friends, and I couldn't imagine. Doing radio with anyone with besides Rebecca <laughs> and with Keith. Keith, uh, when Johnny was my co-host, uh, Keith did his first radio with Johnny and I. He was a recruit of OU Radio, and so it comes full circle.
0: Doesn't it? Doesn't it, Jess? Your students surpass the teachers, but just kidding, not uh. for you.
3: <laughs>
0: no one will ever surpass Sasha.
3: <laughs> oh, I hope they do. <laughs> no, I expect big thing. I've been. I spent all day yesterday on campus, and it was first of all, the amount of beautiful women on this campus <laughs> is stunning. Like, I was hanging out with Keith all day,
0: especially in those hot summers. And months. we
3: were walking around, and you know we're old men, and we're like, where do we look? Like, so we just looked at the sun and burned our and eyes because like It stars. was just beautiful woman, beautiful woman. <laughs> oh, there's a guy, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. Your shorts are very short. Your shorts are very short. Those are even shorter. Somehow,
0: uh, I would never thought they could get shorter. Can there we they just are. get
3: these girls in bikinis? Might as just well. Just walking around. You're getting... S- not you specifically, but <laughs> the girls on campus are getting so close to just...
0: It's b- those crop tops. It's the crop top fad. Because shorts, like on their own, you know, their shorts, but like with a relatively modest tank top or t-shirt, they're like, whatever, but it's the crop top fad where your shirt never covers your stomach, that like, your shorts are so short, your shirt is so small, you might as well wear your swimming suit.
3: Becca, it's more than that. (laughs) These girls' shorts are so tight on their upper thighs that you're getting full view. In the 70s, it'd be pornography. That would be a Playboy cover shot, right? That would, yeah, no, I'm serious. That's crazy. And it's tough not to Look at the beautiful women. To look at the beautiful women. But as a sophisticated man that I am, and a man who has nothing but respect and supports the co-eds at the University of Utah, I didn't look.
0: I didn't. (laughs) I averted my (laughs) eyes when possible, but there's always the sneak attacks, and you're like, oh, I don't know what to
3: do. So it's c- I'm glad it's springtime. It, the well, I'm is not.
0: I'm dying with my allergies. It's been three
3: weeks, sweetheart. Dying. It sounds like
0: it. Well, I have this sneeze right now. I've had it about for 10 minutes, and it's not coming. And I keep not wanting to say anything because I feel like I need to back away and sneeze quick. And I can't do it. And it's like my whole face. It sucks.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just a sniffly okay. little mess. oh <laughs> <laughs>
3: At least I didn't do that during During the the interview. Interview. Yeah. Did you try the honey technique yet?
0: No, I actually, so I went to Sprouts.
3: Sprouts is a mediocre, not that they're a mediocre store. They're allegedly mediocre.
0: Oh, well, I don't know much about Sprouts, but I popped in on my way driving up from work one day this week. Okay. Man, I was itchy. And I popped in there and I could not find honey that was local. I kept finding like Utah honey, like it was made in Utah, but not here. Hmm. So I was like, guess I gotta venture into Whole Foods.
3: There's one close to your house, off Seventh of East. Right? Yeah, go tonight. Ser- oh, seriously! And then when you're in there, go to uh, their little food store and get a plastic spoon and pop some honey. And by the time you get home, you'll feel better.
0: Oh yeah, I'll just grab one. I'll just I just chug honey from the bottle, so uh, we're good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna go to break here again. Uh, let me one more time thank uh, thank Joey Diaz. Go see him the sixth, seventh, uh, which is Friday and Saturday at Wise Guys West Valley. He's doing two shows, seven thirty and then nine thirty.
0: Gonna be a riot.
3: Oh yeah, and I, I don't know who his uh, who the local kids are that will be uh, opening up for him, but we've had them all in, and they're all fantastic. So you can't go wrong uh, with Wise Guys. So with that, I'm gonna try to take us to break here. I don't know why you're not here, Becca. Making things <laughs> difficult here.
0: Sitting on the other side today.
3: But uh, we appreciate all of you and we will be right back.
2: La-de-da, la-de-da. I see trees of green red roses too. I see them bloom. Me and you and I think to myself what a wonderful one I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed days, the dark sacred night, and I think to myself, what a wonder.